Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Talk About Believe. My name is Ryan. Welcome or welcome back to the second episode of the introduction to the comparison of Christianity and Islam or Mohammedanism. I'm not sure if this is going to be the last episode of this um, small section. I'm not sure this is whether going to be the last one or the second one. Um, yeah, so let's get started. In a previous episode, we've talked about um, the whole origin and the um, indifference of Arabs at that time, and I talked about how Muhammad was at one point suddenly realized that the idea of the day of judgment was so great from you know the christianity and from the bible because muhammad himself have had never been really exposed to the um you know the official um teachings of the old or new testament so in this episode we're going to talk about how muhammad fixed by saying fixed you know you know, I'm not saying really fixed the situation. It's like solve a lot of problems that will probably hinder um, him from unifying the whole region and creating a single um, stable religion. So the current dilemma is was polytheism. Polytheism means a lot of people will believe in different gods, so they will probably just disagree with one another and have a lot of arguments about beliefs and polytheism did not fit the idea that god as a judge supreme righteous but yet merciful so muhammad realized that the current dilemma of polytheism um, cannot fulfill his um, wants to unify the regional beliefs so he figured out that he need to come up with monotheism, which is Islam or Mohammedanism, as a single religion at um, the Arabs Peninsula or the, just the Middle East. Also, if you're still unfamiliar of what I'm talking about, you, I will um, refer to some paragraphs. I will read them out loud for you guys. Um, I got them from my AP World History textbook, so yeah. It's from the part three post-classical civilizations part and the spread of Islam. At the beginning of the 7th century, the people of the Middle East were a mixture of animists, Zoroastrians, Jews, Christians, and others. A merchant named Muhammad, living on the Arabian Peninsula, believed that he had received revelations from God. These revelations were later recorded and received re um, in a Quran, the sacred scriptures of the religion of Islam. Those who followed the teachings in the Quran became known as Muslims. They believed that Muhammad was last in a line of great prophets that included Abraham, Moses, and Jesus. Well, I've encountered a question that asks me um, what's the similarity and what's the... Um, in what ways are Judaism, Islam, and Christianity alike? And I said... Um, they had the same shared um, ancestor, and they thought they believed that Abraham Abraham was their shared prophets, and that's true. So yeah, let's move on. So the teachings of Islam, the core principles of the Quran, became known as the five pillars of Islam: a belief in one God called Allah, ritual prayer, alms given, fasting, and make a pilgrim pilgrimage to Mecca. Oh, by the way, a lot of Muslims, they're like the buckle, bucket list. Um, they have um, making a pilgrimage to Mecca on their bucket list. So that's 
I respect that. And let's move on. They evolved a law code based on a Quran called Sharia to regulate Muslim religious and civic behavior. Unlike the laws of the Romans, Sharia made no distinction between religious and civil law. So this is the basic um, introduction of the teachings of Islam. It's definitely not elaborative or um, comprehensive, but let's first move on to the next part, the Sunnis and Shias. Through Muhammad's leadership, Islam quickly unified and brought peace to the warring tribes of the Arabian Peninsula. However, Islam experienced a crisis upon the death of Muhammad in 632. And by saying 632, I mean um, BC or AD, right? He had made no provision for a successor. People fell into two warring campus over who should become the political leader, called the Caliph of the Islam community. Islamic community. This rift, which continues today, continues today, created a divide between the two major branches of Islam, Sunni and Shia. Sunni Muslims felt that the Caliph would be selected from among all leaders in the Islamic community. However, Shias Muslims felt that the Caliph should be a blood relative of Muhammad. Today, Sunnis form the majority of the Muslims in the world, however, and Shia Muslims are strongest in Iran and Iraq. Expansion of Islam Despite this early division among Muslims, Islam spread rapidly. In less than a century, Islam had united southern Spain, North Africa, and Middle East, and parts of India. This area became known as the House of Islam, or Dar al-Islam. So, respect that. They, um, Islam became a strong bond and a tool or a form to unify so many regions. So, you can tell that religions can be really, really powerful especially um, in the old eras. So let's get back to the second question that Muhammad faced. Um, the question was who could bring to the Arabs the glad tidings which will guide them to the happy folds of paradise. So let's insert the background again. Arabs had a stereotype. They thought that God is regarded as very near to humans, to men's. So um, there are kind of people called the fortune tellers. I bet you guys all know about fortune tellers. They can um, explain a lot of things that normal people cannot. And they can tell you the future and what you're going to be, what your job is going to be, what kind of person you're going to be, how many um, kids will you have, and things like that. Also, it should be noted that those fortune tellers, they cast lots, cast lots before God, and they explain his will in mysterious utterances. That's why a lot of Arabs, a lot of moral people, um, they worship that kind of thing, the fortune teller tellings, and they um, rely on fortune tellers to um, tell their future, I guess, and they trust them a lot. So it is also an interesting fact that Muhammad was um, intimately, intimately, sorry, intimately connected with those fortune tellers he was really really close with those guys and how do we know about this fact this is because when others compared him with fortune tellers he repudiated with vehemence he was super angry when other people compared him with those fortune tellers those mysterious guys 
so that can um, indirectly confirm or a little bit confirm the fact that he was intimately con- intimately connected with those fortune tellers. And this fact may indicate that Muhammad had been indulged with psychological tendencies that waited for the emergence of Christianity and Judaism in the Middle East area as Prophet imposed forcing him to break the indifference. This is just like a guess, a hypothesis. It's just a hypothesis made by um, researchers and inquiries like us because um, he was first intimately, sorry, intimately connected with fortune tellers and he did not want other people to compare him with those guys. And second, um, he strived to eliminate the um, religious indifference among the Arabs and those facts all of them indicate that he may have been endowed with psychological tendencies and he had the intentions to wait for the influence, the um, powerful influence and emergence of Christianity, Judaism, and a lot of other um, mix, mixed up the um, religions and stuff because prophet, prophetic impulse forced, forced him to break the indifference. He was waiting for a time and he was waiting for a proper timing and chance to break that stigma. So then it came to the birth of Islam. So I will tell you, read, um, I'm going to read an excerpt from the Quran. Biyah converted for the day of judgment is at hand. God has declared it unto me as he declared unto Jesus and Moses, I am apostle of God to you, Arabs. Salvation is yours only if you submitted God's will and preached by me. This is an excerpt from the Quran, and you may be confused what salvation means. Salvation means the liberation of hearts and minds, so which basically means um, the soul will be free and will be liberated after you die. You will go to the paradise only if you submit it to God's will and preached by Muhammad. So all the Arabs, if they want to go to paradise and enjoy a better life, at least better than the real life, after they die, they will have to listen to the gods as well as the Muhammads and unify their beliefs to the single um, religion, which is Islam. And at this point of time, Islam was born, so before this time, all those religions and all those previous um, conceptions of a single branch of um, Islam is called Muhammadism. So I guess we're clear on that. Okay, let's back to the formal topic. I hope right now you have a fuller picture of what we're talking about because I've just told you guys some of the basic historical um, information, those more elaborative ones. So yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next question that Muhammad faced is who could bring to the Arabs the glad tidings which will guide them to the happy fields of paradise and now let's insert the background again arabs had a stereotype 
they thought that God is regarded as a very near to men. For example, they will consider before they consider fortune tellers as a sort of like a form of God's um the transmitters, the intermediate persons, um, they ha showed a lot of respect to the fortune tellers because they can, like, tell the future and explain a lot of things that normal people cannot. And those fortune tellers also cast lots before God and explain his well in mysterious utterances. That's why a lot of people will worship or just really, um, rely on fortune tellers and they trust them also. So it's time for us to elaborate on the definition of Islam and what Islam is talking about as a powerful religion. Islam is the act of submission, just like any other religion. And during this whole damn process, sorry, um, during this whole powerful process, a long process, the influence of Christianity is indisputable. So, at some point, Christianity is really tightly connected with Islam. So, if a lot of Westerners, especially white people, if you're Christians and you have, like, very resentment towards Muslims and their beliefs, you should be careful because Islam and Christianity um, they are, they have like a really deep and close connection. You're like just like twins or just half sisters and brothers. So you guys should like be, live in harmony and everyone as global citizens should live in harmony. Sorry, it's like a digression, whatever. So back to the topic, Muhammad considered Judaism and Christianity as religious movements, national in character. Which means those three religions are the three different interpretations of God's will. They are at some point the same in the big picture. However, they differed only as regards time and place. But it should also be noted that Christianity, Islam, and Islam is de are definitely um, universalizing religions, and they don't really care whether. Um, like you're from Vietnam or you're from Pakistan or you're from China, you're from um, the um, southern Spain or anywhere else. However, Muhammad felt to understand or incorporate the Holy Spirit. You may also be wondering what the Holy Spirit is. So let's talk about what the Holy Spirit is. Guys, surprise, this will be the end of this episode, and in the next episode, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Mostly, the reason why and right here is because um, I need to get some of my homework done. I know it sounds like really crappy and sounds like BS, but um, hope you guys can understand, and I'll see you guys in the third episode, and... The next episode will be the last episode of me talking about the comparison of Christianity and Islam since this podcast central theme and the central topic is about Islam and Muhammadism and its historical context and a lot of like interpretations of Qurans and a lot of, um, you know, those quotes by the Muhammad. So 
next episode will be the last of the comparison of Christianity and Islam. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye.